Becky. And I'm Susie. And welcome to Archie Kids, the podcast where we try to entangle the jingle from the jangle on each week's episode of Riverdale. I'm mustering up all my 7 a.m. energy. Um, yeah, I'm back on the East Coast, which means that Becky had to wake up early, early for our little recording. It's also why we took a little break because I took some time on my vacation. Yeah. It's okay. It's not a problem because luckily we have a mid-season finale that stretched for three months, so we are in the clear. <laughs> Riverdale really but gets us and our exact um, work pace. They do. We're going to be on it when they come back from the finale, but in the meantime, um, we've got two more episodes to wrap up before the mid-season finale, and I'm so curious about where it's going to go. I know. Where is the trash bag killer? Oh, I don't know for sure, but <laughs> I hope the trash bag killer didn't just walk into Riverdale in the form of Glenn. You think Glenn is TBK? Is Glenn Betty's ex-boyfriend? Her boring? Yes. I think that they were in maybe not officially BFGF because there seems to be no emotion there, but I think they were definitely um, hook up. Kicking it, something. as they say. Kicking it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think that the best place to start in this episode is with the bulldogs yeah let's always bring it back to high school when we can exactly so the bulldogs are bad which i have to say is not surprising for a school that no got surprise it. that archie is coaching a losing team here no i mean it's not even an archie thing it's just like this town was like actively defunded and all of the like a lot of the kids went to sodale or to stonewall prep or something and so they could only find 11 people in total to be on the team. So, yeah, like, <laughs> no one can sit out at any point of the game. People are probably getting winded a lot. Like, I don't – I mean, football, obviously, contact sport, one single injury, and now you can't play anymore. So, yeah, like, of course, they're not a great team. Yeah, it's not Archie's fault. You're right. But, like, Veronica's solution sure framed it up like a coaching issue, which was interesting. <laughs> She's like, here's my NFL friend T Dub, who we will never forget from the premiere of the series. And he Wait, is I actually totally did to forget. Who's T Dub? He remember Veronica in her uncut gem scene is like T Dub. Oh right. <laughs> and like who knew T Dub was Loki an NFL player? Like, Wait, is he I in real life? Guessed. Yeah. No, no, oh, in real life? Oh, I don't know. No, because it they might framed have been it like they framed it like an FDNY cameo, like, and now T dub from the Gladiators mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, no, hang on a minute. Like, that's not a New York team. So I was a little confused. Um Well, maybe... I think the New York team is supposed to be the Giants. No, Becky, that part didn't confuse me. Yeah, I under <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I got that. Um I'm just saying, like, the whole weird teed up cameo was weird. The other thing that was weird from Veronica is that she also framed it as though it were maybe, like, a want issue, like they didn't want it enough. As your de facto team owner, what can I do to incentivize you? How about 10 grand to whichever bulldog scores first this season? Yeah, Yeah, Veronica can't be, quote unquote, the de facto team owner because she funded the entire 
school. Oh no, she did fund. She the funded team, the right? bulldog specifically. Yes, she is the. Okay, but order. you know, then she well, can't, you can't like, then, like hold pick. these yeah, strings. Exactly. It's a high school football team. Like, get your kicks somewhere else. I know. It's just like a play weird... the stock market. Well, and then she makes that bet with her. De- okay, so first thing that happens is the bulldogs right. are doing poorly, as established. They keep on losing. There's like this. This star. feels a lot like our high school experience. So we I didn't was... have a football team. Well, I know, but we lost everything. Yeah, and I was gonna. I mean, frankly, it's totally fine to go to a school where they lose everything. I never cared. I was actually totally fine with our school losing everything, especially the teams I was on. Field hockey, never won. Yeah, once you get into like a losing mindset, it yeah. becomes pretty easy to deal with. But I guess they're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a few more games. Uh, yeah, but. So the Bulldogs are doing badly. Veronica makes this $10,000 bet. And then even though the Bulldogs are like the worst team. In the, so, okay, I guess two things happen. First, right. some kid who I guess is a star. And even though he's a star, he didn't go. And his mom was like, this is his ticket out. He didn't decide initially to leave the school that didn't have a football team because it didn't. I feel like if that's your ticket out, you probably follow the football, whatever. So Totally. Better late than never, though. Yeah, eventually he does leave, and everyone's proud of him, most of all Archie. But, um, (laughs) uh, hang on a minute. He leaves. Where do they find an 11th player? Because part of Veronica's solution is, one, to bring this NFL player, two, to bring this, like, gaggle of students who are just ready and waiting to play, I think think i can't be sure i think they were all or majority female so i think veronica's solution was to bring like a gaggle of girls who are just dying to play football now that they've broken this barrier and not that i have a problem with it i just still don't see it as the solution to this whole thing but whatever whatever Again, um, I don't think anyone should be playing football. So yeah, I'm exactly. Like, oh, like the our, girl is saving the day. Our problem is, in fact, at the end of it, we don't believe in We don't subscribe to football. Whatever. No, but we do subscribe to, like, the ethos of football pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'll never find two people who love Friday Night Lights more. Remember the Titans? Seen it. Um, seen it. So many You've seen times. it, like, what was you saying? Like, dozens of Seen times. it. <laughs> seen it. Okay. Um... <laughs> The other thing is that Veronica, who just like, again, just, just she just needs a better plotline, like makes a deal with her dad that's like, if the Riverdales score, oh, because then Reggie, sorry. So the other thing is that Reggie goes to Pops when everyone's having their little Pops football meetings and then <laughs> Veronica and Archie sit down with him. And even though the Bulldogs are by far the worst team in the league, and so if I were Hiram's team, I'd probably want them to play so that I could continually beat them. Which is right. which would make a lot of sense for really getting back at them. Reggie's like, we're petitioning to get you guys withdrawn from the league, which makes I mean, I'm not it makes absolutely no sense. Like Well, I think once you're not a town anymore, it, it isn't a relatively easier argument to be like, you guys shouldn't be playing. Well, <laughs> Veronica's like, I've got a fix. I'll just bet my dad that if the Bulldogs score a single goal in our little Bulldogs versus whatever preppies um football game then touchdown not goal i guess um then you have to like lay off or something i don't really remember the bet but i was like stop betting things with your dad he's a shady player 
This is honestly, this is why Betty and Archie couldn't stay together and why they had to like steer back to Veronica because Betty has something very real going on and that's Mm. like not compatible with Archie's (laughs) other path. And once again, they've given Veronica nothing really going on because she already got her divorce and now she can just fall in line with whatever Archie's doing and like support it or make it messier, which is, it's such a bummer. It is a bummer. The other thing also, I love that Reggie just like sorry Reggie in the diner when he's leaving. He literally like oh, he's, he's, he passes. He's like he's loser, like loser, 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 picking on these kids who literally are losers. It's like the meanest thing you can do as an adult. Also, then eventually he's talking to Hiram and he's like, "Fine, I'll just go sit with the bulldogs." I'm like, that quickly? Like you just called them all losers and now you're ready to realign yourself? Yeah, I think that key party reminded Reggie of, like, who his real friends are and, like, how fun it is to hang out with people who aren't Hiram. So he becomes a turncoat real quick. And I don't know. I think Hiram lost, like, a formidable henchman. We don't need to go there. We're still going to crush the bulldogs on the field. Fair and square. Easy. Your lord who lies with me and Stonewall. Yeah, but I'm not going to break some kid's legs for no reason. Yeah. Consider yourself benched, Reggie. Wait, I had one other thing to say about all this. Hang on. Was it about Cheryl? (laughs) Okay, I mean, that was completely batshit. So Cheryl's like, I guess the other problem. So, okay, so one thing that I found a little frustrating was that Archie's like, no one's coming to support, like, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes on the PA system and he's like, hey, guys, like, support. It's like, first of all, no one wants to support a losing team. Attention, everyone. This is Coach Andrews. You may not know this, but a bunch of your classmates are out there busting their asses on the football field to represent this school and to represent each and every one of you. So why don't you all show some school spirit and support your team? So I guess they actually had, like, a lot of solutions for the football problem. You know, they had Veronica made her bet with Hiram. Veronica offered 10K. They also had this, like, pancake breakfast at fundraiser at Pops. And yeah, when I bet that brought in like a cool $50. I mean, insane. Also, Pops. Maybe is they were like, using Veronica dollars. A <laughs> hundred million Veronica dollars, <laughs> all printed by these kids. Um, when they're when they're at Pops, like planning for it, they're like, I'll get what's Tabitha's like, I'll get the pancake mix. I'm like, you're like oh. the best diner in town and you're using mix <laughs> for a pancake di- mi- like pancake breakfast? Like, just make it from scratch. <coughs> Pop Tate would be that's unproud. Great, that's a great red flag, Susie. No, I know. How good is Pops? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe Pop Tate retired for a reason. Maybe he was like, this is no longer what I set out for it to be. But then they're also like, oh. Let's give it a shot. I like supporting underdogs. I will express order the pancake mix and the syrup. Oh, no. No, don't order the syrup. I have a special supplier for that. And Cheryl's like, absolutely not. Like, I will not supply my syrup. And it's like, this is so silly. It's very contrived. But then Cheryl's like, I'll take myself out of retirement to give the people what they want. Yeah, I mean, Cheryl just has to stop trying to upstage high scores because she, like, launches into a full Lady Gaga dance in the middle of the game, which is great, but... (laughs) 
They could have put it in somewhere else. Like, Cheryl literally could have been dancing in her room alone in Thornhill as a montage, and that would have been more normal than her, like, upstaging all of her high school cheerleaders. There has to be something more for Cheryl and Veronica in this new world. There just has to. I was watching this with Katie, my roommate who doesn't watch Riverdale, and what she saw was a montage of Cheryl in all red dancing to Stupid Love while Riverdale got crushed in the football game but scored one <laughs> touchdown and then everyone lost their minds. And she was like, is this what Riverdale is? And I was like, yeah, actually, it really is. But you know, in its heyday, they won some games. So let Katie know Archie was the star player. Oh, of course. Yeah, so the Bulldogs, was there any forward plot momentum when it came to that? Mm, I don't know that we can say there was, but <laughs> I have nothing else to say. I don't know what like what we gained from this. I guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out. Yeah, but, it um, felt like they just wanted some high school moment. But I feel I, like even they got bored with it, like, yeah, halfway sure. through. Like, they they moved over to Betty, and Betty's, like, doing some real shit, and then they had to come back to the football, and they were like, mm, this is, like, not as interesting. We're going to keep going back to Betty. Um, so, Maybe Betty, we should do that right now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think we need to. <laughs> Betty. Oh, um, poor Betty. She's dealing with a lot. She was not lying when she told Archie, like, the darkness was as bad as it was ever going to be. Yeah. It's almost so, like someone wrote her character, and that's why she said that. <laughs> <laughs> the premonition. Um, Alice is big depresso over Polly because she thinks Polly is dead. This is reasonable, given what we saw last episode. Pointed but, shot of Alice filling her wine glass. A classic yeah. suburban mom being depressed. I think Alice is bipolar. There is like some manic, manic energy going on, and I suggest that she try to talk to someone but yeah. alice is depresso um betty gets confirmation from the fbi that the blood sample matches polly's blood type so in the all likelihood rare the kind of blood the blood is polly's yes ab right that's the most i think rare. it's like ab negative even wow i don't know i mean maybe there's not positives or negatives with two letters i don't really know what's going on with blood um, yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. Um, but Betty decides she's gonna lie to Which Alice. It's just about a it. bad idea. Betty's like, oh, well, I'm like, it's actually it wasn't Polly's type of blood. It's like, well, Betty, if your sister's dead, she's gonna find out regardless. And but I don't think you can say someone's. I think the not knowing is still the hardest part. They don't know for sure. Yeah, that's and true. Betty considers it as like a pretty real confirmation that Polly is dead, but even she should know by now that until there's a body, someone's not dead. Yeah. So Betty is getting, like, real upset. She feels like, once again, there are these girls going missing, including her own sister. There's mm -hmm. obviously some TVK flashback, and she is like, no one is watching out for these girls. Someone is kidnapping, torturing, and murdering women. That's not a phenomenon. It's just pure evil. But I'll be damned if I let it happen to anyone else. Can you hurry up? I need to get back to your room now. So, unlike some people on the show, she doesn't make a whole big production out of it. She doesn't, like, 
you know, decide to start like a, a scary, like teenager group. She just becomes her own vigilante type and she takes her gun. She Sorry, takes her just FBI one second. Training. Did you say, unlike some people on the show, she became her own vigilante type? Because that's actually exactly what some people on this show have done. Okay, but Archie like makes a whole production out yeah. of it. He's like, we are the, the, the dark red zeros. circle. Yeah, the, the dark circle, the red circle, the red everything. Zeros. Everything. <laughs> Um, and Betty is just like, I'm going to take care of this and I don't need to make it a whole big announcement. So she is like a queen and she goes to the trucker kind of like, I don't know, the stop where they all like meet their girls who are turning tricks and we don't like that. And she like scares them. It felt kind of like promising young woman. Like well, she kind of into me, the like cab. mayor of Easttown. Well, I mean, Susie, not to reveal how late we're recording this for the future, but um, yeah, no, I totally agree. The thing about like the missing girls is like so maybe it has always been so prominent, but now I'm watching like three shows about it, and it's really yeah. Like, well, it has I don't love been it. Prominent, but so Betty is like scaring these guys. She's kind of like pistol whipping them, whatever. And she almost shoots one guy. The same she guy who really almost kills him. Yeah, the same guy who um, said he met up with Polly, like the guy from the messaging site that she hacked into Polly's account for. And she is like holding the gun point blank. And then luckily Jughead calls her. He needs help. She leaves. But Jughead is kind of trying to help Betty here. Jughead's doing his teaching thing. He seems to be the most consistent teacher. Right. It's and, like, did everyone else forget their teaching obligations? Yeah. Um. He is in, like, an alien wormhole right now. He's, like, really Riverdale, trying to figure things out. Riverdale is leaning so hard into aliens as proxy for trauma, and I actually don't know that it's landing for me. And the incidents, they go back decades, Sam. There's dozens of people seeing things they can't explain. There's even support groups. Uh, slow down, Jones. You're writing about aliens now? Yeah, but it's, it's not just about aliens. It's about personal trauma. And if I'm right, it's about a town's collective trauma. Now, some experts believe that Stories about aliens and the like are really about traumas that people have experienced and that these stories are cries for help. What? What do you, what do you mean? I literally, the bar is so low. I'm giving them so much credit for it not just like going full alien and making it into a metaphor that I'm I like, you know what? I think they're still going to go like full it. alien. I know. I'm just trying to like... I'm really enjoying the journey of Jughead using this to explore his trauma over the last seven years that we don't know anything about, but I think you're right. It might just end up going full alien. <laughs> but he's um, reading um, he's reading into his students' essays. I think he was being kind of a narc. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought that, but then when he went to speak to the principal and he's like, this student has had broken arms, I know. he's had black eyes, and there's nothing wrong. And he, Jughead was like, what? <laughs> like, that it's was... It's like, his hunch ended up being correct. And it's, I guess, good to err on the side of safety for your students. But I was like, Jughead, like, you might be projecting some of your moth fantasies onto this man. But he also had these moth moments. He, Jughead, like, parrots this trauma stuff that that um, professor told him about, like, sometimes we see aliens and they're our own trauma. He just, like, tells this to the kid, and the kid kind of doesn't take to it, but then the kid says he's having alien encounters. Um, his name, by the way, is Lerman Logan. 
that is like a call out to Logan Lerman, who's an actor. And I was like wondering why they were doing that because it's so specific. It's like such mm. a bad name. It's obviously mm. a callback. And apparently people think that it's like calling back to Logan Lerman's character on the perks of being a wallflower who like has blackouts and stuff like that. Whoa. Yeah. Well, he was like so- sexually assaulted by his aunt. Oh my god, this is the guy from Hunters. Ugh, such a bad show. Okay. Um, anyway, so Jughead is, like, trying to help this kid. The kid goes missing one night. The parents, like, call him, and Jughead then calls Betty, and he's like, hey, I think this kid is missing. I think he might be on the Lonely Highway, and Betty's like, lol, I'm already there because I'm maybe about to murder someone. And she finds him. They, like, get him back safely, and then his parents pull him from Riverdale. But the more kind of important Jughead Betty overlap is that he clues her into this alien theory that he's exploring. That he's exploring. (laughs) He takes her to go meet that old man, that Mm. old man in the middle of nowhere, and he's like, this might be what happened to to Polly. And Betty's like, this is absolute nonsense and like you need to stop because my sister is like IRL missing and this is some bullshit that I don't have any time for. It's sort of like in this season and sort of like maybe the last couple of seasons, Betty is a proxy for us. It's like this is whole thing is absolutely batshit and we're all like, yeah, agree with Betty here, you know? Well, but then by the end, she's kind of like, actually, well, maybe this is possible. And I think they're trying to usher us like, here's this person who is incredulous. And then in the end... <laughs> Could she deny the facts? I think they're just trying to get Betty and Jughead back into another um, investigation. There's no imagination here. Jughead needs to shave his stupid facial hair. It looks so bad. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think that's kind of all that was going on with Betty and Jughead. Kevin Watch is like a big deal. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Watch for real... Kevin, so, Kevin, Kevin and Fangs. Well, first Kevin, and, <laughs> Kevin and his dad have a little chat and his dad's like, you know, how are you? Like a lot has changed in your life. You know, you were going to have a baby and get married and now you're not. How are you doing? <laughs> Kevin's like, you know, I'm actually okay, dad. Like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Seems like he's cruising. He and Fangs in a little fight. Fangs is like, it's actually a very real fight. Go on, Fangs. You've never been all in, Kev. You've always, always held back. And, and I don't know if that's because of me. Or if it's because you're ashamed of being gay. <laughs> I am not ashamed of being gay. Dude, you go to the woods, you hook up with anonymous strangers. You don't want to be in a real relationship with a real gay guy. Fangs, don't. You're not me. You don't know my experience, okay? We're about to get married. Kevin, I want to know everything about you, the good and the bad. I, th- I think it's too late for that. And then the show sort of follows it up with Kevin, like, in a steam room type situation, like, making eyes with this guy and hitting on him. And then the guy gets, like, super mad. Yeah, it's literally, like, a hate crime. Right. 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 It was a hate crime. Um, but then the implication from the show later, because he's, like, talking about to his dad about um, this, which is also, like, wow, huge moment between Kevin and his father where he's talking about Ugh, I know, going I cruising. love this relationship, I know, too. honestly. Um, but it sort of implies that, like, because of Kevin's internal pho- homophobia, that's why he's cruising. It's like, well, sometimes that's not why everyone cruises, you know? I think it's... Okay, first of all, you've left out the mommy issues, which are a huge thing here. Kevin's mom was, like, 
kind of saying comments as when he was younger and like making like homophobic remarks from time to time, which obviously got into his head and into his consciousness. It's something that he never fully like fleshed out with a therapist or something. And I think they might be saying that Kevin is like a sex addict. Like, am I reading too much into it? He's like, ever since I was younger, like I went cruising and it made me feel good and I haven't been able to stop since. There was this other guy there and he was telling me I was cute or whatever. It was like all the stuff mom said just washed away. And ever since then, I, I've been cruising. It's like I'm hardwired this way or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think we have to see, like, what they make of that. But that's kind of what I took away, which I thought was, like, no. It made me really sad for Kevin. Yeah. So I feel like he just, like, had it all and then he couldn't process his own feelings and because of that he lost it all mm-hmm. poor kev i know i feel really bad i mean that like that scene in the the steam room was like really hard to watch he just got like oh, i know beaten up mm. but um a lot of depth being explored in kevin this season so kevin watches not always going to be the joke and mockery that it was meant to be. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, I guess, prescient of us to have created this whole segment just for Kevin when there's a lot to talk about him this time. I know. We're watching. (laughs) (laughs) So next week is the mid-season finale. I think we might get some answers on the alien front. Maybe not. Glenn is now in Riverdale. That feels very much like a wolf in the hen house situation, which I don't like. We don't trust blonde men. No. We don't trust them. Never. And... We'll have to see what happens. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.